Hey guys, welcome along. I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Hey guys, episode 7 of the podcast today. Today's podcast is going to be focused around leadership and coaching and this is something I think that might be very beneficial to most of you. I know we're not all leaders, we're not all coaches, but in certain areas of our lives you're going to find that you are, whether you're aware of it or not. Um, for me personally, I'm pretty much out there as a leader, out there as a coach. It's my career, it's what I do, it's what people recognise me for and I'm going to share with you guys a little insight into my life and the way I think and the way I look to get the best out of people today and hopefully you might take something from it. Some of you will be leaders in your work environment, some may be in voluntary capacity maybe it's in your group of friends maybe it's in your family everybody's got that leadership role in some part in some area of their lives normally so to me when I look at kind of great leadership I think it comes down to that you want to see success in other people I think that always is going to be the bottom line for me that do I take as much enjoyment in seeing somebody else succeed as I do for myself I think that's the ultimate test of a good, a good leader a true leader and if the answer to that is no I'm not really sure you're going to be a good leader. Whereas if your answer is yes, then I think there's nothing going to stop you. You're going to give everything to that person if it's important to you and if they can see that you're that they're giving you the work back and that they appreciate what you're doing for them and that they're genuinely driven to be the best they can be and to fulfill their potential. So, you know, the the thing about about leadership is it's not it's not as easy as it looks and it's not as easy as people think it is. Well, I'll get up there and, you know, I'll coach this football team and I'll tell them what to do and, you know, everything is going to go great. And this is I've I've played football a lot in the past and I've played different sports and I'm heavily involved in training, as you know. But I think one of the things a lot of people do, especially probably younger coaches and younger trainers, is they'll go into a team and they think it's all strategic. I'll get the tactics right. We'll have everything strategically correct. I'll train these people well and we can't go wrong. But I suppose what I think a lot of those people are lacking is that you've first got to gain respect from people and they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They don't They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You've got to show them that you're invested in them, that you care about them and that their success is important to you. And this comes back again to... I kind of talk a lot, I suppose, to people who are starting out in the fitness industry and maybe guys that are just qualified in personal training or coaching and they'll always ask for advice. The first thing I always say to them is leave your ego at the door. This is not about you. This is about the client. And I think when they take that on board, it's half the battle because, you know, people in in that environment need to understand and need to realize that what's really, really important is what the client is going through. And what's happening in their head? Because it, coaching is not about showing people how to deadlift or showing people how to do something on a football pitch or on a basketball court. It's about getting into their heads and working out what makes them tick. If you can figure out what makes a person tick, you're halfway to being a good coach. And obviously that's easier said than done because everybody is, I suppose, driven by different things. And sometimes we have this kind of all or nothing approach where we think, well, one size fits all and if I do this and it's worked for somebody it's going to work for everybody and that's where a lot of trainers not go wrong because they're going into this environment and they're thinking well I'm the man I figured it out once with somebody I know it all and I'm not open to actually hearing what other people have to say and when you get into that situation you're in bother because really and truly every single person on this on this planet is different we're all we're all unique we've all got our own ways of doing things we've all got the different things that are important to us we've all got certain things we like certain things we don't like and when you start understanding people and what makes them tick then you're halfway there but to do that I think you've got to You've got to be genuinely willing to help people. You've got to genuinely like working with people. You've got to genuinely want to make an impact on people. And you've got to genuinely want the best for those people. And that doesn't come naturally to some people. To others it does. I think to born leaders, you'll hear that phrase a lot, born leaders. I think those are critical fundamental aspects. 
you know, without them, you might get through for a while, but you're probably going to find certain situations difficult. You're probably going to find there's going to be clients that you struggle to deal with, struggle to engage with, struggle to move forward. Um, and just understanding that every every client you work with is different. Every single person is different. I had a client recently on my online course that's just kind of sprung into my head. She was one who was was willing to do the work, I think, but what I kind of found was I would typically with clients, I get them to do away in every second week for me. For this client, two weeks was too much. She just wasn't able to stay focused for that long. She'd do well for a couple of days and then she'd start drifting off and then she's back to square one. So I'm having this kind of running battle where I'm going, how am I going to get the best out of this client? Because other clients, you could send them off for two weeks, three weeks, and it'd be absolutely fine. They'd do brilliantly and there'd be no issues. But this client was a little bit different. So for me as a coach, I have to find a way to adapt to that. I've got to find a way to get the best out of her. I've got to find a strategy that's going to work for her. So what I did was I kind of said to her, well, okay, even if you can't make it to next week, can you do the next three days for me? Do you think you can stay on track for three days? And she said, yeah, that's absolutely fine, Alan. No problem. I can definitely do three days. I've done that loads. The, the issue is not there. It's it's that I can't get through to the next weigh-in. And I said to her, okay, let's break it down. Let's look at the smaller picture. Forget about the next weigh-in. What I want you to do is just commit to your food and your training for the next three days and then do a little weigh-in for me. Then let me know how things are going. Can you do that? And she said, yeah, absolutely. So I sent her off. I got her to do her weigh-in. She sent me on the numbers. She emailed them on to me and she was doing really, really well. And what happened then was from there, I said to her, OK, well, our next weigh in, which we had planned initially is on Monday. Do you think you can get through to Monday? Yeah, absolutely. No problem. So I've already done it for three days. Now I've seen progress. I'm kind of motivated. I feel like I can do a little bit more. And she gets through to Monday. So by breaking that week down into smaller components, we've got her making progress and we've got her to the following Monday. We've got her through to the week. She's making progress. She's feeling good about it. Her confidence levels are coming up. She's a little bit more faith in herself. And then as we go on, I did that with her for a few weeks where I was just saying, okay, let's get through the next few days. Let's just break it down. Don't overwhelm yourself. There's no point saying, well, can you do it for 30 days? Can you do it for 90 days? I'm just saying, can you do it for three days? And she's going, yes, I can. And from there, what happened was over time, we were able to stretch that out. We were able to go, okay, now are you okay for a week? Yep, absolutely. Are you okay for two weeks? In the end, yeah. You know, and it just takes time. Sometimes you just need to kind of break it down and take smaller steps rather than trying to jump straight from where you are onto your end point. And that again comes back to what I'm saying about under, understanding clients, understanding that everybody is different, that what works for one doesn't necessarily work for the next, that you've got to take it on its own merits. And you've got to understand that just because somebody else could go a month and they'd be doing brilliantly without you even speaking to them, other people can't can't do a week. So you need to adapt and you need to figure out what, what works for them rather than doing what you want to do and figuring, well, this is my rigid way and I'm not budging from that. You always have to be open, I think, as a, as a good leader. You have to be open to learning. You have to be open to lessons. And as you go, that you're learning from every client and you're going, well, what can I take from this client that I can bring forward if I ever encounter this situation again? What would I do differently? What would I learn from it? What are the things I did that brought about a different result? You need to be kind of always thinking about those things. And I'm just kind of giving you guys, I suppose, an insight into looking through my eyes as much as anything, because I think you can see what I'm looking for and you can bring that into your own your own circumstances and maybe start applying a little bit more and hopefully you can take something from it. So I would say the other thing that's probably really important for me is, you know, I understand what people are going through because I do it myself. I train hard. Like I, I train five, six days a week. I'm six days at the moment. Typically, most year round, I train four or five days a week. Um, but the reason I think that I resonate with clients and that they understand, 
you know, that I want the best for them and that I get the best out of them. I think the reason for that is because I do it myself and I know exactly what they've been through. I I have that hardship. I have that, you know, having to push through that pain barrier when it's easier to stop, when it's easier to say, this is too hard. It's too much. I want to go home. You know, you do the first 45 minutes of your workout and it's okay and you're cruising. You get to the last 10 minutes and it's tough and the last few reps are killing you. And I understand that and I understand what it's like to push through that. And therefore, when I'm asking clients to do it, I know completely what they're going through because I've been there myself. And I think sometimes as a coach, there are a lot out there that don't do that. And they're preaching one thing and then they're doing another. So I think that's probably why I work well with people because I can identify with them. So if you're in that situation again where, you know, you're putting yourself into their shoes, you can visualize exactly what's happening for them. You've been there a million times yourself and therefore you're in a position to advise on it and to get the best out of them. And rather than letting them give up, you're just reframing their thought processes a little bit and you're shaping their mind. You know, the, the mindset is so, so crucial. So if we can work on that as much as our physical fitness, you start to see results for people because I think you can know everything about food you can do everything about training but again if your head is not in the right place you won't do well so I tend to work on that quite a bit with clients as well because it's the part for me that's overlooked quite a lot I think you know people kind of think well I need to know the basics and that's it but again in terms of kind of long-term change and again it's not just training it's in any area of your life if you want to change from where you are now to somewhere else it's usually your thought processes that have to change it's the way you approach things if you if you always if you always do if you do keep doing what you've always done you'll keep getting the results you've always got so if that's not working for you up to now, something has to change and you've got to be open to change in that and you've got to approach that, I suppose, in the right frame of mind again and being positive about it. So um, some of you may know, some of you may not know, I presume most of you probably do. My main business is kind of online coaching at this stage. I run online courses all year round really where it's kind of fat loss courses but there's a lot involved in it really we look at a lot of personal development type of stuff we look at mindset type of stuff we'll be doing food plans and training programs and god knows what but really i suppose what i'm trying to do there is creating an environment that people want to be a part of an environment that's challenging them that's pushing them out of their comfort zone but an enjoyable environment a team effort around it really and it's it's I suppose that environment as i said that people want to be part of because it means that they're not away on their own if I give you a food plan and a training program and I send you off and say, here, go and do that and follow it for me, you'll do it for two days and then it's forgotten about. But what I've tried to do with the online is create this network of people that are all like-minded, positive people, people that are driven to get results. They're in a similar situation to yourself and they understand what you're going through as well as I do. So we've got people that are very similar minded. And when we kind of go away and do our own bit of training, I'm kind of challenging people a little bit and I'm pushing them out of their comfort zones, but I'm trying to get across them that consistency and habit is the key and I'm helping them to create that. And then what's happening is I want to know what they're like when they don't have to do it because that's the ultimate the ultimate thing because I can say to you okay you have to do this this and this for me but I want to know what you're like when you don't have to do it when you're on your own when there's nobody around what sort of person are you are you the person that's going to get the job done anyway even if you're not in the mood for it even if there's nobody else pushing you to do it are you that sort of person that's getting the job done that's what I want to know because that's what starts creating those habits and that consistency and when we work on that ourselves what I found is people bring that back into the group. So we've got our online group and you'll start seeing people post and stuff that they've done throughout the day. And some of it is extra. You know, it's not even the stuff I set them to do. It's extra stuff that they've done themselves and they've completed extra steps. And they come back to the group with that. And there's a level of pride in it. And they're saying, well, look what I've done. And I did it because I'm feeling motivated because you guys are helping me out and you're supporting me and you're pushing me on that little bit more. And when one person does it, somebody else sees it. And there's a whole chain effect. And it's, okay, well, look what she's done yesterday. I'm going to up my game and I can do it as well. 
well because we're at the same level we started at similar levels if she's able to do it or he's able to do it then I'm able to do it so there's that whole knock on effect and it's again the, the importance of having like minded people around you having people that are going to support you and the more support and accountability you have the better you'll do and that again goes back to what I say about creating habits, creating consistency. The reason I love the online side of things is because it gives me access to people every day of the week. That's been the big game changer for me. Like I typically could meet people for training, I suppose, a couple of times a week, you know, for physical sessions. But what I was finding was there's five other days in the week and that was when the damage has been done. And there was nothing I could do about that. So with online, when I have access to people every day of the week... I can work on their mindset. I can work on gratitude. I can work on positivity. I can work on personal development. I can work on developing self-confidence. I can work on self-esteem. I can work on showing people their, their possibilities and their endless potential. And that's why I love the online side of things. Because if I can immerse people in that for six or eight weeks, at the end of that time, it's second nature to them. We've brought in those habits. We've made it consistent. And then when you bring in that consistency, you start seeing long-term change. So that's, again, I suppose I'm just giving you an overview of what I do. And I suppose the strategies that I think work well for me and I think that are missing from a lot of people's lives. That's really, I suppose, what I'm ultimately trying to do here. Another thing I would say, guys, one of the biggest mistakes I would see from people who start off in their journeys is that they're looking for the what rather than the why. They're looking for the what rather than the why. The why to me is much more important. Why are you doing it? Why is it important to you? And I've covered this in previous podcasts, but if you can figure out your why, that becomes your driving force going forward. And that should always be your starting point, not the what. The what in terms of what do I have to do to get the result? How do I do it? I can help you with that, but believe me, that's the simple stuff. That's that's the very easy stuff. Do this, this and this. Absolutely fine. But ultimately, that doesn't particularly maximize our results unless we can figure out our why. So always start with why rather than the what. I hope that's making sense to you guys because, again, I'm sure loads of you have been in that situation where you just straight off think, I want to lose weight or I want to have more money or I want to do whatever it is. And you don't even think about the reasons behind it. Just what do I have to do to get there? And if you haven't given it any thought, the vast majority of people do okay for probably a week or two weeks and then they, they hit a, a wall and everything kind of falls asunder, which is probably not the ideal scenario, is it? Um... The other thing I do then is classes. I still run fitness classes. I've I started running fitness classes back almost six years ago. I've kind of spoke previously in podcasts about that starting out journey and how tough it was. Um, but six years on, those classes are still going. And I wouldn't even say they're my main business now, to be honest, because I do so much stuff in terms of online coaching and I do corporate wellness and, you know, I have a business mentoring company set up and I do so much stuff, but I still do the classes. And the main reason I do the classes is because I absolutely love them. And I just find it, it, it will be extremely difficult for me to give them up because that's my passion is still there for helping people for actually getting on the ground. And this again comes back to like, I see so many people proclaiming themselves as experts on Instagram and all the rest, but I think a lot of them are in it for themselves. I don't think they're genuinely that passionate about helping other people. And I think to be a good coach, to be a good leader, that's what you have to be. And I still love, love getting on the ground, just working with people and putting them through fitness classes and having a chat with them and having a bit of crack with them. And, you know, it, it makes my life good as well. It's not all about them because it's mutually beneficial. They're bringing a lot of joy and a lot of happiness to me because I thrive on that stuff I absolutely love it so I think when I when I run classes that has given me a great insight into human behavior how humans work how you create connection with humans and that in turn then obviously has led on to the online coaching in that I can see well you know I've come across almost so many different types of people over the years that I can I can kind of work out when 
somebody is not doing well and how are we going to solve that issue for them so with the classes i always kind of think don't don't assume to know the answer don't assume to know the answer because everybody has their own shit going on everyone has their own shit going on and you kind of think well i've seen this scenario before so i know it but that's not always the case you've got to chat to people you've got to listen to them as much as anything sometimes it's not even about you speaking so much they'll often have things they need to say and it's just you sitting down listening to it letting them speak and a lot of the time they even find the answers themselves while they're speaking and i think that's ultimately the good the mark of a good coach is if you can guide them towards the answer rather than always giving them the answer let them work it out themselves and the learnings are a lot lot greater you know um so when i do classes i kind of look at the vast majority of the population i think there's three main things in most people's lives one is their work two is their home life and i view the third as the place they train or their hobby whatever that is so i cannot control two pillars there i cannot control their home life i cannot control their work life what i can do is when they come into my fitness class make sure that that hour is the best hour of their day that's always my goal when i run a fitness class no matter what class it is i do the goal of every single class and has been since day one is that that hour there with me is the best hour of their day that they come in and they enjoy it and they have a bit of fun and it's not all about the hard hardcore workouts or anything like that it's not about that of course they're there to train to get their exercise in and maybe they're pushing towards results for kind of body composition or whatever it is we'll do that but we'll also have the scenario where they'll make friends there's a welcome and open environment they'll come in chat they'll have a bit of fun with each other and as time goes on you'll find that they're looking forward to their hour more than ever and the reason they're looking forward to it is because they're catching up with friends they're having a bit of fun and they're in an environment with people they like and one of the most important things for me is making people welcome and i think this is the same in all areas of life not just in fitness classes even you know if you're in a work environment and somebody new joins up please guys take the time to have a conversation with them make them feel welcome because it makes the world a difference it's so so intimidating going into an environment that you don't know i've come across this all the time in classes people the vast majority of people the first time they come in they're intimidated it's new to them they think they're out of their depth they think everybody else is so much fitter stronger you know that other people are in their little cliques or whatever it doesn't it doesn't work like that because i've i suppose led by example here in a way and this is what i talk about leadership again from day one i've always made the effort if somebody new comes in go and have a conversation with them even just take two or three minutes have that little chat put them at ease you know and let them see that it's not that scary it's not that scary at all we're all the same we're all humans at the end of the day we all have the same emotions we all have the same problems so just relax and, and realize that everybody is on that same level that first evening they come in and i think i've been lucky over the years that people have kind of followed my lead from that i've had brilliant brilliant people in classes over the years and they've made that same environment welcoming environment for newbies now if i'm kind of delayed in going talking to the newbie i'll see people in classes over chatting to them and they have a little ring around that person and inviting them in and having this great conversation with them and they're all laughing and joking and my job is 10 times easier you know and that's the environment i want to work in and that's the environment i want to create for, for other people and i think even in corporate environments and in work environments we should all be looking to create that type of communication that type of connectivity and making people welcome because it makes everybody's life so much easier and that's one thing i often don't understand sometimes about the workplace there's an attitude of let's go in and get Get the day done and just get through it because you know i think life and work is as easy or as hard as you choose to make it like the eight hours at work are going to have to be done anyway the certain amount of work that's laid out for you has to be done anyway so why not have enjoyable relationships relationships with people have a bit of fun with them have conversations with them and enjoy the day 
and still do the work. The work will be done, but your time is going to go a lot faster because it's more enjoyable. Do you know? So again, I think that's the mark of good leadership that you're creating environments where people feel comfortable enough to do that, that you trust them to do that, that you're not in that mindset of thinking, well, if I let them have conversations, the work won't get done. Maybe in some cases it won't, and that's when you'll have separate conversations with them. But I find the vast majority of people, if you show them respect and trust, you'll get it back in abundance. So that's one thing I would say. I'm kind of veering off from, from the classes a little bit, but I just wanted to kind of let you guys realize that, you know, what I'm talking about is classes, but it's very relevant to most environments. And this is something I speak about quite a bit when I'm doing corporate events and that too, you know. So it's interchangeable. Life from, you know, coaching to family life to work life to finances. The strategies for a lot of them are the same. You know, surround yourself with good people. Have a good mindset. Do the work. General coaching as well. You know, if we do classes, yes. But when I'm kind of, no matter whether the client is a class client or they're an online client or they're whatever, there's a few things that I always have to do. And one of the first ones I would say is identifying areas for improvement. Where can we improve? And then it's, I suppose, in a nice way, explaining to the client the consequences of not following through with actions. Because that's the, the biggest challenge for most people. They'll, they'll know the theory a lot of the time. They'll know what they should be doing. But it's following through and it's having, having, the, having the, the discipline to put those actions in place. And sometimes I've got to sit them down. I've got to say, well, look, the reality is that these are the consequences if you don't do it. And it sometimes can be a difficult conversation, but it's sometimes what people need to hear as well. So the reality of, of not putting those actions into place, these are the consequences. So it could be if somebody's health is suffering, that you literally have to sit them down sometimes and say, well, look, these are the potential problems if you don't start getting more active now or maybe start eating a little bit healthier or just even walking for half an hour a day. These are the potential risks for you. You know, and it's not coming down hard on them or anything like that. And it's not being, I suppose, too bossy about it or being really strict with them. I think the mark really of a good coach, again, is that you can say these things in a positive way, that you're not scaring them off with it, that you're kind of saying, well, these are the risks, but it's nothing to worry about because we can sort this problem out. And you're capable of doing that and you have the potential to do that. And every single person I come across has the potential to do this. And it's literally just a case of you making the decision to do it. And you're giving them a little bit of confidence in your confidence in themselves rather than totally overwhelming them where you're going, well, look, if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. This, 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 this and this. And you come across really crude and really harsh. And the more you do that, the more you resist, the more resistance you're going to meet with. So it's sometimes about the way you say things to people as well. And I tend to try and be as positive as possible with everybody I meet. And that's kind of my nature at this stage anyway, is, is there's a certain level of positivity there. And I find people respond to it an awful lot better than the old, I suppose you know, trying to drive them to do things through through fear or through being really, what's the word, really, really strict with them. It doesn't really work. Sometimes you're better off kind of just showing them the rewards rather than coming down too harsh on them and being positive with them, I think is a big thing. So my, my, my job really as a coach, I would say the biggest part of my job is that I'm showing people their possibilities, that I'm showing them what's possible for them, their possibilities and their potential, because a lot of time people cannot see that themselves. They really can't. And I think it's one of the saddest things in the world when you, you come across people that just don't have that belief in themselves and don't have that self-confidence. And I bring it back to a class environment again. I'd see people coming in and the first night they're so nervous and they're so, they'll tell me, God, I really, I want to do it, Alan, but I don't know if I can, you know, and I'm kind of saying, please just take it one step at a time. You definitely can do it. And what we do is we build our confidence by taking those small steps. And we, we celebrate the little wins. We don't point out the things that 
there could have been done better. Definitely not in the first night, you know. Going forward, you can say to them in a nice way, well, you're doing great, but here's how we could improve that again. You know, and, and definitely initially, it's just building up. Celebrate the wins. Celebrate every little win. Point out the things they're doing really well. Build their confidence. From there, they're going to start wanting to do more. And then they begin to see their possibilities and their potential. That potential that I can always see in them because I know they can do it. Sometimes they just don't know themselves they can do it. And it's my job as a coach to open up their eyes to that. To let them see what they can achieve if they actually put a little bit of self-belief in themselves. But sometimes we've got to do that very, very gradually. One step at a time. Don't overwhelm them. Don't break them before they've even got started. So show them their possibilities. I think as well we need to be... All of us, not not even clients I work with, all of us, I think we need to be open to the possibility of pushing out of our comfort zones a little bit more. One of the things I would always say is, if you're the most intelligent person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Or if you're the best player on the basketball court, you're, in, you're on the wrong basketball court. Find yourself another basketball court. You need to be looking to challenge yourself, to improve yourself, to better yourself. And the only way you can do that sometimes is by hanging around with people that are further on than you. And being the least intelligent person in the room and not being afraid to be the least intelligent person in the room. Because it's absolutely okay to be that person. Because what's going to happen if you do that and you put yourself into that situation? Yes, it's difficult to do at first. Yes, you're going to find it really challenging. Yes, you're going to find it tough. Yes, there's probably moments where you're going, God, what am I doing here? I, I, I would have been easier to stay at home. Why am I bothered? But the more you put yourself in that environment, the more you're going to learn, the more you're going to grow, the more you're going to develop, the more you're going to make yourself an authority in your area. If you're on that basketball court, the more you're going to make yourself a better basketball player. Because some of us, a lot of us, are in, I suppose, a mindset where we're happy to stay within our comfort zone, to be the big fish in a small pond. And that's fine. It'll keep you as the big fish, but you're never going to grow beyond that. And it's... It's interesting because I actually gave an interview this morning and this is one that's kind of fresh in my head. In this interview, the lady that was interviewing me asked me about competition in my field and in my area and how do I view that and is it something I'd be kind of concerned about or whatever it was. And the God's honest truth, and I said this to her straight up, I don't worry about competition at all. I'm so focused on myself and how I can improve myself. I don't even see what goes on around me. And there is a few people I follow online in terms of people I admire but they would be more kind of international people that they're at the very very top of the game and they really really have it sussed and I always say success leaves clues so what I would do is I would look at those people and I'd say what are they doing well why is there such such a following with them why are they so successful there has to be a reason for that because success doesn't happen by accident so what I'll do is I'll study those people and I'll learn from them and that means if I'm striving to be the best I'm learning from the best so I'm not really concerned about the person down the road who's, without wanting to sound disrespectful to anybody, is probably pretty average in the grand scheme of things. I want to go and I want to learn from the best, which is going to raise my levels no end. And even if I never reach the level that they're at, which I probably won't, but I'll be a hell of a lot further on than I am now. So I hope that makes sense, guys. So it's about, I suppose, stretching those zones and, and realising, well, if I want to be the best, let's learn from the best. Rather than focusing too much on competition, focus on myself. That's always been my motto. Focus on myself. So that was the answer I gave her straight up. I said, I don't really care about perceived competition because I think that's all it is. It's, it is. It is what you make it. 
you know, if you want to build it up as competition in your head, you can do that. You can drive yourself mad with it. It's not something I particularly recommend doing. I don't think it's beneficial to anybody. And even to be honest, in the fitness industry, I think we're all in for the same reasons or the good ones are all in for the same reasons. And that is to help other people. So whether it's me or it's a person down the road, as long as we're having an impact and we're helping somebody, that's the way I approach it. I think fair play to them. Well done. You're doing a good job. That's all I think about it. And other than that, I'm striving to to be with the best in the business. That's always my personal goal. So I hope that makes sense, guys. The next question she asked me as well was, what would I change? So she was talking me through my career to date and all the things I've done and all the, the things I've achieved and blah, blah, blah. And she said to me, if there was something looking back now that, that you could do differently, what would it be or would you change anything? And going back, there is certain things I would change, but they're probably smaller things. I said to her, the one thing I would not change is the hardships I've been through. The one thing I wouldn't change is the hardships I've been through. And I've been through a lot of hardships. I've had some really, really, really difficult times. But I would not change them for anything. And the reason I wouldn't change them for anything is because they've made me a stronger person. They've made me the person I am today. They've made me the businessman I am today. They have gave me the mindset I have today. And I really feel now like I could handle anything. Whatever you want to throw at me, I can handle it. Because I've been there. I've been to low ebbs where things were really, really difficult. And I was wondering, am I going to make enough money this month to, to pay the bills or whatever you know so I think when you've been through that and you've come out the other side you're just my my resilience levels now are so much stronger than anything they were 10 years ago I'm a completely different person to what I was 10 years ago like there's no question about that so I think in terms of would I change anything no not really not not on that level if you were to send me back to day one now and say okay you're starting your own business Alan I have an option here. You can go the same route again where it's tough and you have to put the work in and there's going to be sleepless nights and it's going to be really, really difficult. Option B, I can give you a financial backer and maybe you can give up some equity and life is going to be easy and they can give you loads of contacts and whatever. I would go with the first option every single time. Every single time. And I know that probably sounds strange to some of you, but genuinely, I think if you do the hard things in life, life becomes easy. If you always take the easy option, life is hard because you're not prepared for when the difficult times comes and when they come and they will come, you don't know how to deal with it. So sometimes I think you're better off taking that difficult option. And even I think, you know, I'm at the stage now where my friends are having kids and I've a couple of nieces and I have a nephew and I'm godfather for a couple of kids and different things. I don't have my own kids yet. But one thing I would say is, I think it's important as well, and, and I know people are listening to this going, who is Alan Williams to talk about parenting because he's not a parent, and that's fair enough. But one thing I would say is I think it's important for kids to sometimes not be too mollycoddled, that they're let experience the difficult side as well because they learn from it and they grow from it, you know. And we're in a bit of a society now where it's like trophies for eighth place and going, come on, guys, we're, we're making people soft. Do you know, there's, okay, there's always the, the taking part is always brilliant, of course it is. But to be a winner, to be, you know, to achieve things in life, you've got to work for it. And I think it's important not to lose that message that if you want to be at the top, if you want to achieve things, if you want to do something in your life and you really, you know, you've got to do the work for it. Nothing is going to be handed to you and nothing comes easy. So I think it's important to kind of develop that mindset as well and that people realize, well, you know, if it's if it's something worthwhile, then I'm going to have to put the time and the work into it. So. Going back to that question again, would I change things? No, I wouldn't. I not 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 those things anyway. Definitely wouldn't. I would I would take the hard times that I've had every single time because as I said, I've come back stronger. I've come back stronger. Same with your fitness, guys. Same with everything. You know, if you want to 
improve your your job your career you're going to have tough times in it as well there's going to be days where you don't want to turn up there's days you don't want to get out of bed but you have to drag yourself through it and you have to keep pushing on and believe that someday you will get to where you want to be in your fitness if you want to get stronger you've got to put another stimulus on the body you've got to lift a heavier weight you've got to change the reps so maybe you're doing more reps at a lighter weight or whatever it is and something has to change if there's a different stimulus on the body the body has to respond to that and then there's going to be muscle growth so i think it's the same in all aspects of life if there's no stimulus on us we're not going to grow so that's what i would say just in regards to that um no matter how much ability we have it always comes back to consistency, habit and mindset. That's the one thing for me because fulfilling your potential, a coach can do so much. But what you need to realise, guys, you as the average everyday person, the coach can only do so much for you. They can guide you. They will want the best for you if they're a good coach. But it's going to come down to you and it's going to come down to how much you want it and how much you're willing to work for it and how much you're willing to put in. And as I said earlier, what type of person are you when there's nobody around? Are you still going to be that person who's doing the work? Are you still going to do the, the right things when there's nobody there looking over your shoulder, when there's no eyes on you? Are you the person who's going to say, well, you know what, this is important to me, so I'm going to, I'm going to do it? Because really, let's look at kind of a team environment. The coach, again, can do so much. But you'll find that the people that really get to the top and in any sport are the ones that are working on their weaknesses in their own time, not the ones that are turning up to training every day that's a given you have to do that and you've got to work hard when you're there but it's the ones who go the extra mile and the ones who are going to stay back and work on their own time do that little bit extra realize well there's certain areas i'm really strong on brilliant but there's also certain areas that i'm a little bit weaker on and if i want to compete and i want to get the best out of myself and i want to fulfill my potential i'm going to have to work on those areas i'm going to have to make a concerted effort i'm going to have to first of all identify those areas and then i'm going to figure out what i'm going to do about them so how am i going to improve in those areas rather than just ignoring it and hoping that somebody's someday it all gets better and things get easier because that rarely happens without actually that conscious decision to just say well you know what it's on me it's up to me and yeah i'm i'm gonna do it and i'm I'm happy to put the work in because i'll get the benefit of it so yeah coming back just finishing up almost almost ready to finish i know i've been rambling on for a little bit um just in terms of pushing out of your comfort zone again guys and and having to go to the next level and i would have been when i started doing my public speaking for example I kind of realized that, well, to develop my career, I needed to get out in front of groups and to impact more people. I needed to get in front of groups. Turning up to fitness classes wasn't enough for me anymore. It was fine initially, but I needed more. I needed to develop personally and I needed to develop professionally and I needed to help more people because that's what drives me. So when I did my first seminar, 120 people turned up. Now, I had no previous experience of public speaking. I was nervous as hell. I had a plan, but... When I went on stage, it was difficult because keeping the client or keeping the, keeping the audience engaged is the hard bit. It's not it's not giving out the information. You can do that. Let's come back to what I spoke about at the start of, of, of the podcast. If you have got an engaged audience, you can make an impact. But if you don't, you won't. So I had 120 people in the room and I found it difficult because I knew the information, but actually creating connection was the hard bit. And that's what a lot of people don't fully understand, I think, at times that to get the best out of people, you've got to create that connection with them. For me then, in terms of, as I said earlier, just pushing out of that place where you're comfortable and being the big fish in the small pond, I wanted to do it again and I wanted to do a gig that was bigger and better. And I've worked at that because I could have stayed in those small seminars forever and small workshops and kept speaking to those and it would have been quite easy for me. But I, I, I've, I've always wanted that one. I want to do more and I want to be the best I can be and I want to fulfill my potential. 
So the next step for me, obviously, was speaking in front of bigger groups. And I've pushed out of the comfort zone. I've made myself do that. And I've probably, you know, there was 120 people there that night. I've spoke to groups that are probably five times that size at this stage. And even going forward again, like my dream, ultimately, I would love to, you know, do a gig where there's 10,000 people. You know, that's that's the level I think on. And it's it sounds it probably sounds ridiculous to a lot of you. Maybe it is ridiculous. Maybe I'll never achieve it. But by striving for it. I'm going to move myself forward so much more from where I am now. And that's the way I'd like you guys thinking again. Don't be overawed by anything. Don't be thinking, well, somebody else is doing that. But they're so much far, further on than I am. And they know so much more than I am. They actually don't. They just put the time and the work into it. Do you know? And that's the same for any of us. Like, I, I think really it's, you're better off dreaming big. You know, rather than keeping those small little goals all the time. And yes, break your big goals down to smaller steps. Absolutely. But believe in yourself and always have that dream. And always have that thing to work towards. And don't be afraid to go and get it and don't let people tell you well you're mad for dreaming that you're mad for thinking that like again any of you that have listened to previous podcasts or know my story I would have been very very introverted when I was younger and if I had said to people well I'm going to get up on stage and speak there would have been a lot of people would have been advising me against that or certainly doubting me and thinking I couldn't do it and nowadays I regularly turn up and I do corporate events and I'm speaking to hundreds of people and it, it's funny because when I'm on stage, I kind of come into my own. It's like, I don't know how to explain it because it's difficult if you haven't done it. But I actually, I'm so passionate about what I speak about that for me, it becomes easy. It's like, you know, the, the bigger the room, the better. The more people in the room, the better because I'm impacting more people. And I get so into my own, my own little, I suppose, headspace and into my own zone that to me, speaking to 500 people nearly feels the same as speaking to one person because it's just to me, it's, it's that thing where I'm so passionate about what I do and I realise I'm helping people and, you know, it becomes much easier. Now, if you put me into another scenario where I was in a room of, of that many people and it was just to get up and entertain them and give a speech about something I knew nothing about, I would find that extremely difficult. So I think passion is important as well. You know, find the thing you're passionate about and life becomes a lot easier. And that's the same in all walks of life. Um, so that's it, guys. I'm kind of just giving you the little insight today into the life of a coach, the life of a leader. It's not for everybody. But as I said at the beginning, I do believe we all have kind of leadership qualities. We all have a certain element of it. I mean, not maybe on a bigger scale for everybody, but even within our own inner groups, there's certainly roles you'll be taking on that are leadership orientated and you might not even realize it but maybe kind of on today's podcast you might see that while you are playing that role in certain sectors so i hope you've took something from that guys i hope it's it's useful for you it's really just about fulfilling your potential and going out and getting it as always and look i always come back to it time and time again our own lives are in our own hands we created ourselves and once you kind of understand that concept and you've you realize that well if I want something in life, it's up to me to create it. That's when things start happening for you guys. That's what it always, always boils down to. So take it into your own hands. Don't be afraid. Have absolutely no fear. What's the worst that can happen? As I said to you, I've set up a business and I've had times where I had, you know, three people in a class and I've come out the other side of it. What is the worst that can happen? You're going to survive. You're going to come through. And you know what, guys? If the worst comes to the worst... Move home, live with your parents, they'll cook for you. Life is sweet. It's all good, guys. It's all good. I hope you've enjoyed that podcast, guys. Um, I will speak to you again next week.